welcome to the Immortal Art Podcast. I'm your host, Eldin. This is episode 15, Art Dialogues number 4 with Helena Franzen. You can support this podcast on Patreon for the price of a cup of coffee per month. Subscribe and follow. You can reach me at the Immortal Art Podcast at gmail.com. Please rate this podcast or leave a like on YouTube. Thank you. I met Helena Franzen in 2018 at a dance performance she choreographed. The experience enriched my understanding of the arts in general and dance in particular. The performance inspired me to create my own film about dance, which is almost completed. Helena's choreography mesmerized me with its unique blend of elegance and raw emotion. As we talked after the performance, I discovered her passion for pushing artistic boundaries and exploring unconventional movements. Helena's ability to express profound narratives through dance continues to inspire me, making our initial encounter a pivotal moment in appreciation for the art form. This is dialogue with her, reflecting on Helena's many years of work in the field of dance. Hey, Helena. Hello. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Can you tell for the people who don't know you a little bit about yourself? Okay, so like you said, my name is Helena Francien and um, I'm a choreographer and a dancer and um, that's my life. <laughs> that's what I spend, um, you know, all my seconds of my life. So I've been working with that over 35 years and um, I'm based in Stockholm and what I'm doing is like I'm a freelance choreographer but I also uh, do uh, commission works uh, with uh, companies. I've been working a lot with the companies in Nordic countries and um, I am also I'm also teaching so and that's a good part of my profession is to um, teach technique, uh, composition work, repertory and um, improvisation to schools and I do that especially here in Stockholm and also I've been working with dance film the last 10 years together with my collaborator Håkan Jelk. It's a very low key part because there's no money in that but that's something that we really enjoy a lot to work with. So these are basically the you know the branches of the dance tree. I do a lot of things but everything is about movement and dance and um, the art of dance. How did you first get started in the field of dance? I went to Ballet Academy in Stockholm in 1989. And uh, so my passion for dance was that I wanted to, you know, work as a dancer. But already in, uh, during the education, I was um, totally overwhelmed that I found myself very interested in making dance myself and choreograph. I had no idea that I, that was so interesting and so one of the teachers Jean Jasko she opened uh, yeah it was a wide open door for me so I already started to choreograph on myself and on my friends during my education and ever since then I've been working as a dancer with different choreographers around but I always done my own work so um, it's hard to say what, where it starts but um, I think I'm a very uh, what can I say uh I don't like to sit down a lot. <laughs> I'm a very uh, active person. I think that dance is very close to me and, um, well, it's my personality, I feel. <laughs> yeah, like all dancers, not sitting around. But I know, especially choreographers, that 
do sit down because uh, they are more idea-based, so they actually don't dance. I wouldn't say that it's equal for everybody. You can make dance through the computer. The dancers I know, they all need to move. I always say, like, after two days, I'm not a very pleasant person to be with. So I I really feel that I I have to do something that makes me calmer inside. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. Can you describe your creative process when you're developing a new dance piece? How many hours do we have? I mean, it's a lot of... It's hard to just say that in some sentences, for sure. It depends totally on the project, for sure. Uh, When it comes just, you know, a need to create and to be in the studio. I love to be in the studio with the dancers. That's my profession, to really collaborate and to find, um, yeah, finding the dance together. I still work a lot by myself so that I find some kind of vocabulary for each dance. So I try to find uh, what is this um, piece about. So, yeah, I think it's very hard for me to describe the whole process, but it starts always by myself. And then eventually I work with my collaborators, especially with music, because music is a very big part of um, the creation I think I always worked actually with the music that was especially composed for the piece so that the, the whole creation is a very, the entity is very important for me. And then since 12 years now, I have worked with Håkan Jelk that I talked about, the film photographer, and he is always a very big part of the project. He has been working now also as a set designer and also, yeah, he's, he's working very closely in the project. But basically, it starts some kind of a, a need to um, create a landscape of something. Like um, I work in a quite abstract, uh, um, whatever that is, but it usually doesn't start with, you know, based on a book or based on something that is already there. But I think it's based very much about a need to express, yeah, the body language somehow. And I've been working with my my way of moving and the qualities around that. It means a lot to me. Yeah, but then how do you approach working with dancers to bring your vision in life? I think that's a very nice and relevant question. I think during the years it has been changed a lot because in the first years I was very, you know, um, I needed to have control of everything and I needed to be so prepared so that there are no questions what we are going to do. I think it's about that when you don't really know yourself so much. I don't know, that's my experience. But the last years I've been investing very, very much in all the dancers, you know, capacity and, and finding very, very interesting and I feel very honored that the dancers contribute with themselves. I think that's one of the reasons that I am a choreographer, to understand what they can give and what how to flourish together. And I think it requires some kind of maturity and, and some kind of inner trust to do that. So, um, so I think I find it so intriguing and um, rewarding to be together so closely like it is. It's very intimate and very vulnerable to be so close to bodies in what we do in dance. (laughs) I know that there is a style in dance, especially in contemporary dance, 
Mm. How do you incorporate the different dance styles of different dancers or your own vision and your own style? And how do you put them together in yeah. your choreography yeah. to make a storyline that is cohesive for the audience? It's a very, very good question also. I think it's very important for me that the whole piece that we get into the, I would say, what can I say? The sound, the landscape, the, the whole embodiment of the piece is very important and um, I think it's about trying reflecting what if what if what does that give is that relevant is a lot of giving to each other and of course since I have the outer eye I think that I see when it's not talking to the the cohesiveness <laughs> I don't know I think for me it's it's very much about the tone the musicality does it cling together does it sound does it make um, the same, the, does it add to the music landscape? And I think, um, I think it's so interesting that we have different kinds of um, rhythms that we can bring into the piece. My latest piece, we had uh, four very, very different dances in terms of background and ages, like between 21 and 53. And just that was so rewarding to work with and but I think I still have the outer eye and I wanted to um, feel that we belong to something. But it, it takes time. And um, that's also something that we fight about to get together and to make something in a very quite short amount of time. It's, it's very demanding and um, you can't wait with things. You have to <laughs> be um, available somehow. You spoke about music. How do you select music for your dance pieces? And mm -hmm. how does it influence your choreography? Or is it the other way around that you mm -hmm. make choreography and then music? It's both. Like, for instance, I work very closely with the musician uh, when we compose together in the sense like, okay, we want to have a, like a script of uh, how the dynamics is going to work. What is the main spine of the music? Because... I'm talking again about the latest piece I did. It was uh, one cellist, uh, Emma, Emma Augustson, made the whole score. And uh, it was very much about the sound and the cello was um, the main voice. And we agreed on how the music was um, going to be a part of a body in the piece also. So it's a lot of work. My work is so close to music. Like me and Emma, we talked a lot about what visions do we have? Is it on a moss? Uh, are we working on um, textiles? And uh, like I said, I think it's a very huge part of the whole piece. And it's very interesting also that we work very closely and then we go away a little bit and then we go back to the studio and Emma was a part of it. The musicians that I work with, they're always interested in the whole picture. They're not just, oh, it's my music. The music is the piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to have that entrance of it. So it's, you know, in the end, it's a part of um, of everything. So it's not like, oh, it's my music that I made to this. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's that's a very close collaboration. And um, I need to have that feeling from the musician that we're doing it together. How do you handle these challenges that arise during a choreographic process? Yeah, how do I handle them? <laughs> I guess... <laughs> 
we always fight about time and uh, that's because we have people that you know they are being employed by me and and you know i need to take care of the time and everything so that's why i really appreciate that i've been working so for so many years because it's not a new situation I feel that I have such a huge experience. So I feel that it's not like, how can I handle it? But you know, each day it's always something we are very vulnerable. I think it's about, we talk a lot how things feel and we try to be, you know, open to each other. And I think if you get really close, you know, I think actually I need to be close friends with people Mm. that I work with. But you know, we have a professional friendship. And if you don't really get that, I feel that I get distance. I mean, that's the art form. I think all artists probably say the same, but I think the main issue is that we don't exist if we don't work. And we always fight about difficulties, money and time. And I try to not get stuck with it too much. How does the storytelling play in your choreography? Storytelling for me is the journey of the piece. The communication is how the receiver is going to carry the journey. I mean, usually I make one hour pieces and experience some kind of physical and emotional uh, journey. And uh, I take responsibility for that. But the storytelling is not mine. I feel the storytelling is within the receiver and i feel very i'm very curious about what kind of i mean i have my my way of um imagination and but but i'm very curious about the receivers how they get touched or you know involved getting involved with it that's the storyteller i feel um that i'm curious about and also some kind of uh, silent you know that you can't really put words on it i find it so beautiful when somebody gets carried away but you can't really say in what way you know you get uh, involved and i feel that in our society we have a tendency to to be very blank um <laughs> Uh, I feel that we are very uh, good at not showing what we feel. We just have thoughts that we write or we communicate through social media. But I think that working with dance is so direct. So that's the storytelling for me. It's the, the transport from my vision to the receiver. I think all artists has a similar process. Right. Working, there is an idea or we have a clear vision, but that vision changed through the process. I mean, this podcast is made yeah. to introduce people to the history of art, to speak with other artists, yeah. to show them how art works, mm. especially in Scandinavia, because since I moved to Sweden, yeah. I have a feeling that people here don't appreciate art as much as in other countries. Right. And it's a very cultural thing. For example, when you said we don't express our emotions. Yeah, well, Scandinavians don't do that. Or, or British people <laughs> exactly. have this repression inside of them. Yeah. But also these same people, these same artists who have this repression and uh, when they don't want to say something or society say, no, 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 you shouldn't speak about that. Their art bursts, explodes from within and comes to the world and... It's usually very shocking to the people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I also feel that um, since I am a very Scandinavian person, I also find it very 
interesting about not, I mean, it's both sides. Uh, you don't react exactly on the second. Sometimes it's very beautiful also that you contemplate a little bit and then you find a way of expressing. I mean, I don't find it very nicely that you have to repress, you have to keep it inside. But what I'm saying is that I also like this melancholia within me that you take your time to, that you get, you take care of what you want to express. So I think it's both sides. You see what I mean? I don't want yeah, to yeah. No, yes, you know, yes. black and white, but I totally agree on the, I call it the fear of culture and the non-respect for culture in, uh, in Sweden. I think it's terrible. It's very sad. It's, it's, I feel ashamed. <laughs> when, when you spoke about contemplation, for example, mm. I'm part of this culture now mm. where I have time, I have to say privilege yeah, yeah. Of time to sit down and contemplate my work, or even if I said something or I didn't say something, instead of right. Because when I moved to Sweden, it was a bit of a cultural shock to me that I have to don't say what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's some kind of a weird balance. Yeah, it's it's a little bit complicated. But it is. Also, yeah. But I mean, we can agree on uh, that. We feel uh, sad about Sweden. We always find culture to be secondary, like it's not a part of the society. It's more like, oh, by the way, we have to go to one theater play each year and to be a little bit cultural. And and it's not being very generous about the need that we have as human beings. We are cultural individuals. Exactly. Mm. There's a lot of boxers. Yeah, and a lot of football players, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Mr. Universe for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. He studied ballet. Really? There is even a film about Arnold Schwarzenegger called Pumping Iron. And the first scene of the film, he's there, big muscle man, which is a friend. Yeah. They're standing next to this small petite ballerina explaining yeah. them how to move. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger goes with that knowledge to present his body to the jury yeah. he won for 10 Amazing. years. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. When, when, and also, I know a lot of people who say, I don't dance, but they don't understand that dance gives you movement. It's not about, the, not just the movement itself, it's about the presence in your body, the consciousness of your moving body. I think that it's a need to be a thinking body and a moving body. It goes together. So I, I, I'm not surprised that, <laughs> well, maybe that it was him, but I, I can feel like some film actors, I can totally feel that, wow, what a physical presence this person have. I'm totally convinced that they have been dancing and having some kind of knowledge because you can feel it. Can you share your thoughts on the relationship with the dance and technology, a rise of artificial intelligence and so on? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a little f further away from my heart to get to find that intriguing in my work. I haven't worked at all with physical approach. My personality is that we'll see how 
how many years further I have my energy and um, getting older and stuff. But I think it comes so much from my body and my, my mind and my body is so connected. So I have difficulties to understand how that could work. But I'm I'm very curious because um, it's going to come very, in our society, it's it's already there. People are already working with it. How is it important for you to have a space around you on the stage? How do you incorporate these spaces in your choreography? Mm. The signum, the trademark on my work is the space. Spatial awareness is the, it's a very, it's a trigger point for me. So when I start my uh, work, I need to understand where are we going to be, where are we putting this creation. And um, if it's a smaller space, definitely I have to understand that space. And um, so that's very, very important. It makes the whole the entity. And um, since I also work with dance film, naturally we've been very much outdoors. So the space around like the landscape is very, very important. So I refer to where I am. I don't put like the idea, you know, from my head into the space. So the space uh, inspires me, but also it's like um, it's like an animal, you know, when they pee around so that their smell is their territory. I think I am very territorial in my work. So I have to get the space inside me and the space talks to me and we talk to each other. It's it's everything. Yeah. Do you have any specific themes that are occurring yeah. or ideas that are always present in your in my, yeah, yes. I think that we usually make jokes about it. I've made actually over 100 stage performances. I mean, that's, it's a lot. <laughs> we make a joke about it. it's the same piece, you know, but with variations. But that's what every artist is doing because you can't jump out from your yourself. I mean, it's me. <laughs> so themes are always some kind of, um, you know, how can we relate to each other and also, how am I relating to the earth? That's always some kind of theme that it comes up. How can I identify myself into this time? Some, some, something like that. But they are very universal philosophical themes, I would say. Yeah, I think those are the themes that I always bring up. But then uh, during the last years, I also have been working with um, pieces for youth. And uh, I feel that for me, those pieces have been more directed, like more of an identification. Who am I when you are looking at me? Those questions have been also important for um, those pieces yeah what would you say to somebody who just started as a dancer or a choreographer i love to be like a mentor I, i've been working a lot with the students that are on last year students in svenska ballettskolan and ballettakademin and uh, i just bring my experiences the main thing for me is about being curious and being um, like having the dance as your enjoyable friend so that the dance doesn't become you know the pressure and the you know it has to be some kind of warmth that you want to <laughs> i mean there are no jobs for instance and i don't want to say that i, I just want to say that bring your joy and your curiosity and uh, find out your pathway find out don't listen to the trends i think that um as soon as somebody shows uh, engagement and uh, being curious, I feel I get interested in that answer. 
what I understand dance education is very much about role model. And I would say that there isn't because in contemporary dance, you can find your own way of being an, an artist and um, but staying very honest to the art form because it's we are <laughs> we are not very many in it. Yeah. What is the future of dance? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I ask myself that also. It's a very difficult question. I hope we have a, a bright future. I feel that the art form itself has been trying to find ways of... Uh, how should I put this? Um, I think there is a few of us working with dance as an art form. There are many people working with dance as a part of something. But I find it a bit upsetting that dance is not on its own feet. And um, I have been struggling with that in decades. Because um, So I don't know about the future. I hope that um, we have a brighter future. I think, unfortunately, we have so many venues going away. I don't know. We are many artists, but I don't see it as a strong voice. Hopefully it will turn into a brighter future, but I don't know. There are many ways of working with dance, but I still want it to be like, you know, the art form with a big D, dance. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not uh, being a political correct or going into the gender correct, you know, like there are many themes that dance is going to solve. I'm a bit upset about that. I need to have it like an art form itself. But how do you handle the criticism then, or feedbacks? It's very hard because I feel um, maybe it's the same thing that, you know, each generation has their own fight. But um, it's very hard to have a long career as a continuation. I feel that it's many project-based that I think it's not what I would like to have. I don't want to make projects. I want to work. I want to work continuously and projects, well, they're very, like events. Yeah, what was the question to handle it? Uh, I don't know. I stick to what I'm doing <laughs> yes. and uh, finding that nobody can take that away, the fire within. <laughs> yes. If you had opportunity to have a dinner with somebody, historical figure or fictional character or whoever it is, who mm. would it be? <laughs> I mean, as a dancer, a choreographer, I would say Merce Cunningham or okay. John Cage. I mean, what they did together and what the era about dance, I would love to be a part of it. I think um, that was some kind of a, you know, boiling point. I would say those. And then, I don't know, I mean, uh, it would be amazing to meet with, um, I don't know, Isadora Duncan, I mean, she was uh, one of a kind and what she did 120 years ago, because what I'm doing is a part of what she started with. That, that would be amazing. First time I heard about Isadora Duncan was through Sergei Senyan, the Russian poet. All right. When I was in high school, we had the language that incorporates all the big names of poetry and, right. and literature. And mm -hmm. one of them was Sergei Senyan. Mm -hmm. And when we read his poetry and when we read about his life, mm. I realized there is this Isidora Duncan from USA in the time of Soviet Union being with this young guy, poet. That, I mean, it, it's such a beautiful story and that nobody made a film out of it. 
No, wow, you should do it then. <laughs> yeah, give me the money and I will do it. Yes. <laughs> no, I think it's it's amazing how some, you know, thinkers or doers is make an impact so much for the future and that's something to, you know, be grateful for. <laughs> What is the point of art? <laughs> It is to understand what the human being is or, you know, how the human being can relate to the world and um, thinking other thoughts and um, being um, sensitive, um, um, you know, raising your senses. I think that's something that is needed for this uh, very sleeping and uh, I don't know what the human beings are anymore, but I think that we need those senses to be awakened enlightenedness i think that's a good word for it yeah in 500 years whatever years mm-hmm. a couple of hundred of years mm. in the future what would you be like to be remembered by nobody's yeah. going to remember what what i've done or whatever um maybe that um planted some kind of seed that dance is you know the love of the movement yeah that's it Let's finish with that. It was a beautiful thought. Do you have a web page or something? Oh yeah, a huge one. I have both web page Helena Francien, and then I also have um, the film web page. It's dancefilm helenafrancien.se. So I think it's beautiful what you're doing with this uh, pod, and I think I appreciate what I think it's very interesting also that you interview different kinds of artists, and I think it would be nice also to have like that we meet and have a discussion together, you yes, know. Yes, most definitely. My thought with this uh, podcast, and yes, it's in English, and I have a little bit of an accent, and I always say that, and uh, some people wrote to me and said, oh, you don't have to say all the time that you have an accent. Everybody has an accent. No worries, yeah. But my idea for this podcast is to show yeah. people chronologically from the earliest art forms For example, dance and movement and ritual. We don't know how it all became and mm. religion. No. Art is always part of human it is. experience. It is. And I always imagine these cave people putting some kind of a head of a bull or, or something and yeah. dance, move and with the fire and with the drums and the flute that people invented. I want to show with this podcast to people that art was always part of human experience. Exactly. And that, one more thing, that we were always obsessed by human beings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a fun, fun questions. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This concludes this episode. We didn't know what else to say in this episode. I want to thank you for joining and listening. I hope we inspired you. I hope you learned something. The music is performed by my friend Sebastian. You can check his band Cadavera. There is a link below. Enjoy the song. Until the next time. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.